Hello, Northern Michigan. Welcome into episode number 95 of the Get Around. My name is Jake Adnip, joined by my esteemed colleagues, James Cook and 7-4's Harrison Beebe on this last day in September before playoff baseball, well, really playoffs everything, start to kick in in October. And October is spooky season. the best sports month. Everything gets played. You know, and then basketball starts up for the NBA, like, right there towards the end. And college kids are practicing. Exactly. Right? So, I mean, October's a really busy month for us, a busy month for all the athletes here in northern Michigan. We have soccer districts that start next week, and uh, it seems like every week after that, we got a like new golf, one. Golf regionals probably start pretty soon. Yeah, here. it feels like every week is a new a new tournament that starts up and finishes on, on every other Saturday. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you guys think that uh, you guys ready for spooky season? You guys ready for October? Well, Halloween is like one of the best, uh, you know, holidays out there. I mean, right? Out there, I, I think we can. Yeah, we all like trick or treating, right? That, we can all agree that Halloween is the best, probably the best holiday. Yeah, I, I honestly, God, I love Halloween. These I kids think. were trick or treating James and I for candy on Friday night at the Frankfurt game while we were in the rain delay. Well, you guys were all just hanging out, and they, they... there were a group of kids that were right <laughs> around my news car. We were, we were both like just surrounding sit- it. Yeah, we were just sitting in, in Harrison's car. We were both just like looking at Twitter and on our phones and everything like that. And we look up, and like the car is surrounded by it kids. It was like a it children is. in the corn scene. It's <laughs> like, like a motorcade. They are about riff. to attack us. Thankfully, they didn't. I'm sure they're nice kids, and they were just having fun. But they were just awkwardly right around circling my vehicle. As if threatening. Yeah, you thought you guys were about to get pulled out. They're going to take the storm truck for a joyride. I thought that was it, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, spooky season is upon us, especially if the kids are going to What are you going to be for Halloween? I don't know yet, but I will be something. You will be I something. will dress up, and I laugh in the face of people who think they're too cool to dress up. Oh, that's me. Yeah, because, ha, 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 It's not about being cool, though. It's just about being too old. Too old? You're never too old to dress up. What are you talking about? I don't have. I don't have. I have a lot of creative juices. I don't have a lot of creative juices for Halloween costumes. Well, I mean, it's not. You don't need creative juices. It's not like you have to make a Halloween costume. You I'm like go Jim. To the store I'm like Jim Halford from The Office. Like three hole punch Jim, and you know whatever. That's lame. Exactly. You're the worst. I am. You're literally the worst. Nice to meet you. Yeah, no, that you're the worst type of person. I wouldn't invite you the to worst my Halloween. Type of person. Yeah, I wouldn't invite you to my Halloween party. No costumes Are you you're not allowed. Them? I don't know. So am I uninviting you from my? Are you afraid well, of the party? Well, you better you better invite everybody and tell them they have to wear costumes. Nah, it's Halloween. only the thirteenth. Yeah, then. But I'm talking about a Halloween party. I'm not worried about your. Are you afraid of the dark party? You don't dress up for that. You dress yeah, up for Halloween. We're in the dark. You dress up for Halloween. We're gonna have a Halloween party. You can come if you want. Costume or no costume? No costumes suggested. No yeah, costumes suggested. required. <laughs> yeah. I will physically. Let us know in the comments if you think people like me are jerks for not wearing costumes. Yeah, you can't get that. That just means that you think you're too cool to get in the spirit of everybody else. That's all it is. That's all it is. Too lazy. Dude, everybody else does it. Plus, costumes are expensive. You can get a costume at Spirit Wear for twenty bucks. What is Spirit Wear? Whatever, Spirit Halloween or Goodwill. Yeah, I did. I did get a hobo costume at Goodwill in college, or at one of the women's resource centers, whatnot in college. That worked out pretty well. I think oh. I was a nerd one year too. But I'm always a nerd, so it's simple. Yeah. So why don't you be a cool kid? Show up in like a leather jacket, be like a greaser like from a the 50s Outsiders. Like a varsity jacket guy. Yeah. You got a varsity jacket. You could so be Pony Boy. That's half the battle. Get everybody I'm just, together. I'm just gonna go to Goodwill and get a really bad suit coat, and go as Jim Brockmire. That works. I watched that whole show. Can you but, sound like him? Can you do your best impression right now? No. No, I, I'll, I'll be just impersonating it in other ways. I, I think I think me and the crew are going to dress up as uh, Mystery Inc. Scooby Doo in the Yeah, game. I was there when you guys were yes, talking about and that. and I'm pretty sure I'm going to be Scooby Doo. So that's probably what Halloween you, is going to be. You could pull the do. Yeah, I mean, I know I ain't no Fred, and no. we already got a Shaggy. You don't. You can't do the kerchief. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you easily get it, even you, with his haircut. You can't, can't do the shaggy. kerchief. No, no, I definitely cannot wear. What um, is Blake going to be? It was he in that, or was that you? Kind no, of he's gonna be Daphne. He's gonna be Daphne. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> no, but uh, sports. Spo- yeah, the, yeah. The get around brought to you by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. Jimmy John's Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast. Jimmy John's Freak, yeah. Maybe yeah, I could be a Jimmy John's guy. We do have a load. We we do have a loaded show for you guys today uh, with soccer districts impending. We figure we would do a bit of soccer talk in the pulse. We also have a couple guests from Traverse City West Soccer, seniors Caleb Kinney and, and Caleb Sipple joining us in the Get Around studio on this last day of September to talk about their Big North Conference hopes and the playoffs that they are staring down the barrel of. Uh, we'll have them in a bit later. We're also going to 
do a little bit of trending up and trending down later in the show. We're going to add another worthy face to the Get Around Hall of Fame, and then we'll dive into our trifecta at the end of the show per usual. Uh, today we're going to talk about the college sports a- uh, atmosphere in California right now. Obviously, the governor signing into law, the Fair Play Act. Not Governor Schwarzenegger. But the, the Fair Play Act where... College athletes will now be able to make money off of endorsements and their name and their likeness in the state of California. We're going to talk more about what we think that's going to do to the NCAA and what that's going to mean for the future of college athletics. But before we get into that, let's put our finger on the heartbeat of the sports world and get into the pulse. Let's talk some soccer, gentlemen. We're going to start off with a team that we do have our guests from today with Traverse City West. Traverse City West taking down Traverse City Central just last week, 2-1 to one in a Tightly contested game that kept them undefeated in the Big North Conference, but they are staring down the barrel of yet another big game with Gaylord this week to help hopefully secure that conference title. Gaylord did lose to uh, Traverse City Central last week and then uh, had a strong weekend, but this week is a big one for the Titans. First off, boys, I want to ask you, we, we've gotten to the point in the season where it's it's do or die. It's Every game means just as much, especially when you're talking about the conference season. Uh, Gaylord has shown that they are probably the second best team in the Big North. Do you think that that will be the de facto for who's better in the Big North going into the playoffs? I mean, you want to say Gaylord is, but we know Central beat them a week ago, and we know Central's played West pretty tough for two games, home and away. So I'm putting the argument out there that Central's the second best. Gaylord's up in the rankings, and they're having a great year, so I'm not trying to knock the Blue Devils in any way for what 2019 means to them, but from what we've seen so far, I, I would wager to say Central is still the second-best team, which gives West a great shot at, at obviously being the favorite to win later this week against Gaylord and uh, going on that undefeated conference record. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, Central has uh, been quite a different team the last week or so now that they're back up to full strength. Um, they were losing or missing quite a few guys there for quite a long time, and uh, now that they've got their entire team back they've you know they beat Gaylord they gave West a really good game last week and they just seem to be a, a completely different squad than they were at the beginning of the season when when things were not going very well yeah so let's talk a little bit more about West uh with one of our guests on he had quite a week last week to help uh separate themselves in the big north Caleb Kinney just keeps on scoring for the Titans you did get a chance to see them last week I mean what, what is it like having the Titans led by a new leader, and uh, how, how have you been able to kind of dissect his play on the field? Their team is pretty unselfish. I mean, and Caleb Kinney ends up scoring a lot of their goals. Different people kind of tend to look for him. It was a great setup for that uh, second goal. Yeah, yeah. I, right I mean, in the box there. Josh Hirschenberger could have... A couple, a couple shots that were on net there. Yeah, they were peppering uh, Charlie Douglas for Central there, and uh, he was making some saves. There were just some rebounds coming out, and they were just putting it right back in. And then, uh, you know, Josh Hershenberger could have done the same thing, but, you know, took a quick glance around and saw that uh, Caleb Kinney was open on the other side of the net and passed It was a good over. play. Sometimes the assist is bigger than the goal. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a, he's a different style player, I think, a little bit than, the, than they've had as, like, they're kind of like their lead guy in the last couple of years. You know, Ethan Vandermolen last year, um, you know, the Michael brothers before that and stuff. But he's got some really good complimentary players around him, too, like Tony Gallegos uh, and... and Hershenberger, a lot of good players up front, and then and their West defense is really really good. Mm-hmm. No, it's I mean they're where they always are, and we kind of see a trend of that with soccer programs up here. The ones at the top seem to stay at the top, and I, I think that's just a word of mouth and then visibility thing. You see the success, you want to be a part of that success, and those Travis C. West, Elk Rapids, Leland programs every year they're they're winning conference titles and they're making the playoff runs, and you can see why year in, year and out, with how they replaced key names from the year before. Yeah, and they replaced key names on defense as well. All I mean, every team that we have that makes a long run, they have a good defense. I mean, you see a lot of, you know, the goal scorers get a lot of the recognition, but, but teams don't make long runs without having good players there back in that back line. Yeah, I mean, that's a good segue into talking about our next team. You didn't mention them, Harrison, Elk Rapids. I wanted to bring them up before playoffs start. They've had quite a few guys with Josh Vanderveer, uh, both the Ball brothers showing up over and over again. Uh, we keep seeing them shut teams out, and uh, they only have a couple of losses, and they're against very, very good teams. Elk Rapids only lost to Petoskey, Traverse City West, and Boyne City. Uh, all of those teams have, I believe, three losses or less as well. Um, have done pretty well, but we've seen them get past that district mark over the last couple of years. Do we see this Elk Rapids team with I, what I believe to be at least five or six 
dangerous goal scorers on that squad. Do we think that they have what it takes to win a regional? I think they have what it takes for sure, but you could say that about every year that team takes the field. So they're always in the hunt. Um, but but this year in particular, what do you think? I, I've seen them play now. I've seen them play quality opponents both times I've been out to their games. So it's hard for me to judge maybe how... I guess that's the best way to judge them is because I'm seeing them play quality opponents. TC Christian gave them a pretty good game, and uh, TC West obviously beat them earlier in the year in that neutral field. And I'm as impressed as with the Elks as I always am. Having said that, I don't know if uh, I feel like this team's separating itself from years past where those teams seemed like quality opponents that had a great shot to beat it. But uh, if you want me to put a silver lining on this, which I always like to and give our team some optimism going forward, I mean, what Leland was having trouble knocking down that regional title door last year, and then they finally did, and that led to a state title. So one of these years, Elk Rapids is going to do it, and it, it could be j- this year just as much as it could be any year. And after that, who knows what's next for them. Yeah, I mean, Nate Plum always does have those guys ready, and like I mentioned, you have, you have at least four or five guys on that team who are going to be able to produce on the offensive side. They still... They, no, they'll be in the mix. Yeah, that's guaranteed. what I'm saying. Their, def- their defense has been just as good, if not better, than last year. They just they keep shutting people out. It doesn't even. I mean, you mentioned some of those defensive playmakers and when they're able to reload and how how they're able to come back. You know, both times I've seen El Grappin so far in my in my tenure up here, it seems like it, it seems like they've been able to even rotate almost every position and get a new guy in there with the same type of skill. I mean, their JV program is, I mean, Plum has done a great job with their JV program being able to funnel kids into that varsity level. But, I mean, Elk Rapids, I think, we, we, I mean, we even, we've seen the girls in the spring have some trouble getting past that regional mark. The, the boys in the fall, I, I think they have a really good shot of doing it this year, uh, personally. I mean, separating themselves from last year, it's hard to, you know, kind of compare the two. But if you look defensively, I think that's where they're actually better off at. Yeah, and I think defense will... They're going to have to play good defense to win to win that regional. Yeah, game. that's their, way their more defense important. has been their defense has been very good this year. Uh, you know, Jack Spencer's been very good at, for, in goal for them, and they need that to to continue to be able to bring back a regional trophy. All right, one more team I want to talk about in the pulse is Buckley Soccer. Coach John Vermilia has those guys tearing up the competition. Um, you know, throughout throughout the year they they're thirteen and three. They won another three games this weekend. I mean, one of the guys that me and you have talked about a couple times is Cameron Wildfong James. Uh, once again, big goal scorer, one of the leading goal scorers in the area. They have Gavin Allen, a couple other playmakers on that team. Uh, is Buckley somebody who can surprise uh, the rest of the season? We only have a week until districts. Is this somebody who we're looking at uh, to make a run into the playoffs? I mean, I think that game with it, you know, that Leland Buckley game that happens every year, that the team that wins that game, yeah, is going to be primed for for making a quite longer run after that. Kellen Wildfong is a guy that we've seen for several years now, and I mean, back two years ago when they had all those kids from the basketball team that were also playing on the soccer team, even then, with all those guys on there, Kellen Wildfong, as a, as a skinny little freshman, was, was standing out because, man, he was just fast and running around and not afraid of anyone. Yeah, when you watch him play games, like, you see it in his face and on his demeanor. He is one of the most locked-in athletes up here. And I'm not saying that automatically makes him one of the best, but that's a reason why he puts himself in that spot is because he is in game mode and he's aggressive. And uh, if you want motivation to play a sporting event, watch watch Callan play a soccer game or a basketball game for that matter because you can't help but feel some of that. Some of that is just contagious, hopefully, for his teammates. And then, yeah, see how far you can run with that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he never gives up. He's tenacious. You know, you see, see some of those guys that are just kind of chasing around. Or they'll be, they'll be in spots, but are, yeah. aren't always. Yeah, he's this motor. The motor's just running and running. Yeah, yeah. It's he's he's almost kind of like youth soccer, where like the best player is always by the ball. But in, the, in an organized soccer, that's kind of not what you want. Yeah, you got to be. But it seems <laughs> to kind of. But, but it seems to kind of be the way it is in there. It's like if the ball is. Anywhere near where he is, he's going to get to the ball. Yeah, very quick. You get him in a one-on-one situation, I'm always betting on him. Um, and I just looked it up. They, they would meet Leland in the semifinal. Leland gets a bye in the district. So that's one of the marquee matchups in that in that bracket for sure. Now we are going to take a step away from soccer in the pulse. Uh, I do want to talk about somebody who actually got inducted into the Get Around Hall of Fame last week as part of a duo from Benzie Central, but has continued to... No doubt heard that nomination yeah. and just ran faster than the wind. Yeah, so I'm almost glad that we get got around him bump. 
Yeah. That was a get around bump. Yes, but I am I'm glad that we got him in. But Hunter Jones from Benzie Central. James, I think you have the time, but it's like 15 minutes and 20-something seconds. But Hunter Jones ran the fastest clock time for a freshman in the United States this weekend. Yeah, 1538.7 at the uh, Shepherd Blue Jay Invitational this weekend. That's for yeah. a 5K? Yes. Yeah. That, that is a quick course. <laughs> and a quick Because for a freshman to run that fast, most seniors don't run that fast. I mean, yeah, he's been, I mean, he's been running around 16... 18, 16, 15 on most of these courses. Obviously, it was a fast course, but we're talking well, about when we put him the last week. He'd run like a 16, 20 or something. Yeah, yeah, and broke the course record <laughs> yeah. there. But this is, I mean, we're talking about the fastest national time for a what, 14 year old in yeah. all of the country. Well, and he won the race by 18 seconds. In cross country, that's a mile. Not, not really, but <laughs> for you, figure, yeah. a figurative mile, yes. That's a lot to, to catch yeah, there's up. There's no but, sprint to the finish there. He, I mean, he is. Not coasting, but he, is, he probably could even sprint a little faster with somebody on him. To oh, yeah, somebody. Faster. Yeah, I, could you imagine if there was somebody pushing up on him? Well, what, what type of speed that you're running at? I mean, I, I just want to talk about him talk about him because, I mean, we all got to be excited for what this kid's going to do over the next four years. I know we've seen some regression in area cross-country runners and, and the young days, and you know, as they get older, it's not always that they're getting faster and faster. But Oh, you mean like me? Yeah, but I mean, at, at this, I mean, at this age... I'd be able to run. So he's what, got one more year. 1530 on a 5K. That is just that is outrageous. I've already talked to a couple cross country coaches and people who aren't even competing against him, and then they'll ask like, "Have you heard about that Hunter Hunter Jones kid?" I'm just like, "Yeah." Yeah, I'm going but, to talk to him on Wednesday, so I can't wait to pick his brain and just see how this process has been going. What's got him this fast, this quick? Yeah, it's got to just be natural at this point, right? You just got to be a fast person. Yeah, the, the hard work, especially for a program like Benzie, pays off. I mean, it, we've talked about Asa Kelly and his contributions to the cross-country program out there, but uh, if a guy locks in to a great workout program, natural ability is obviously a big chunk of it, but if he locks into what these coaches are wanting him to do, it's this is what happens. Stuff like this can be unlocked and achieved, and very rarely do you see it. So the fact that he's already locking in as a freshman is very good news for that program and for his future going forward. And he's he's leading that program to a stellar season. I mean, I've seen, there's been at least a handful of meets where he's running 25, 30 seconds in front of his fastest teammate, and then Benzie's filling in the next five spots on uh, in the race where they're coming six out of the top eight or, uh, you know, six out of the top ten are all Benzie runners, and Hunter Jones is still... 20 seconds ahead of his teammates. I mean, we talked about Tyler Kintai last year. Uh, I remember doing a story on him for the tab. He had some stellar times, and we, we were looking and looking, and now Hunter Jones comes in and is blowing him out of the water by, you know, 15, 20 seconds as a teammate. And, you know, he's a he's a senior having this freshman come in. I can only imagine what type of uh, extra boost it is for all of the Huskies to have somebody out front pacing them at that speed. And Hunter was, he was doing good things last year, even in middle school. Like he was... I think he set like the state middle school record last year uh, in cross country, and you know, uh, um, I mean, we we kind of know his dad a little bit, Marvin Jones from the from Buckley basketball, the basketball coach there. Uh, now the Buckley basketball coach, former Marine. So imagine that's where he gets a little bit of it from, probably. Well, you do need some discipline to be able to run three back to back five minute miles. So just wanted to make sure that we brought up Hunter and another stellar performance. You know, he's already in the get-around Hall of Fame. If, if he wasn't, I'm sure he would have been up for it this week. We'll get to that later uh, with some more worthy candidates. But the Pulse brought to you by Jimmy John's, the two locations in Traverse City, Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's, Freaky yeah. That is going to lead us into our interview with Traverse City West seniors Caleb Kinney and Caleb Sipple from the Titans soccer team. They joined us in the last day of September here at the get-around studio, so let's go ahead and listen to that now. We are excited to welcome into the Get Around Studio Traverse City West seniors Caleb Kinney and Caleb Sipple, two seniors on the soccer team, Caleb Kinney being a forward and Caleb Sipple being a defender, obviously helping the Titans to uh, Big North leading, I believe it's 6-0 and right now uh, is your record in conference, but thank you guys so much for joining us. Is it 7? 7-0. and 7-0. Yeah, well thank you guys so much for joining us. Of course, thank you. But uh, it's been a big, big year so far. You guys have swept your rivals at Traverse City Central, had a pretty big game last week for you. Uh, uh, Caleb, uh, making sure uh, 
you know, your team kind of came out on top, and, and that was a bit tighter than, you know, you guys might might have wanted it to be at that point. But let's start off uh, with the beginning of the season and where you guys are now. When you guys first started off with, uh, what were your goals, and how close are you to the reaching those at this point? Um, I mean, one of our main goals was just to uh, make sure we were always playing for each other. So uh, that was a big goal going into the season, like always every game, like not having an individual mindset, but playing for the team. Another goal we had was to go undefeated in the conference, so we're a couple steps away from doing that, and then we're we're really looking to uh, get to a regional final this year, so that starts um, in our district semi game against whoever we'll end up playing, but yeah, every uh, every practice, every game is just another step towards those goals, so. I know you guys normally, uh, those district playoffs, they, they look quite the same for you guys every year. Uh, this year, you guys, if, if it did happen, you wouldn't be able to meet up with Central until that final. Right. Um, but you guys did just play Midland this past weekend and win 3-0, to zero, which is another team that you normally see in, the, in those district playoffs. I mean, what does that do for your guys' confidence level, that in these the, that the ending points of this season, you're beating those types of teams like Central, like Midland, who are going to be in your district in the playoffs? What does that do for next week, um, and how it's building up to that point? Um, I think... We're all really excited to play. It's really pumped us up, kind of. Like, we've had a bunch of really, really big wins. Yeah, definitely. And I think, yeah, just, like, playing against those teams that we know we're going to see, um, I think it's just good to, like, play against, like, just know their game plan, know what kind of players they have, and be prepared for that when we do play them again. So. Almost kind of know what kind of fight you're getting into yeah. right away. Yep. Okay, so simple. So what are you guys going to do different against Midland Dow, assuming you guys get that far? I mean... Let's just maybe assume that. Uh, um, then, uh, then the first time when they were able to get you guys two to one, we gotta press higher, like push up everybody up. I don't know. We always finish more. We have a lot of really good opportunities usually. Sometimes we don't put them away. Yeah, I think also like when we played them, we were kind of flat out of the beginning. We uh, kind of let them put two goals away on us pretty quickly, and uh, so I think if we do play them in the district final, we're gonna have to focus on coming out really strong right away because. For all we know, we could only end up having to play half against them like we did earlier in the season. So you got to capitalize early. And I know, I know Coach Grissinger is, has always told you guys that, or he's told me many times at least, that momentum doesn't exist in soccer. Um, but, you know, going down 2-0 like that at the beginning of the game, it has to be a bit different playing from behind. How much do you guys kind of buy into that that statement, and, and what does it do when Coach kind of has you, you know, you're down two, but just, just shake it off. It's a, it's another play. It's another goal. Yeah, I mean, he, he tells us, you know, we don't really believe in momentum, but we believe in moments. And so each, you know, you play the game moment to moment, and uh, there's certain moments in the game that are more important than others, and you got to capitalize on those. And so... Uh, how, how, how big is it that you guys have played, I guess, not... Or how different, I guess, are you guys now than from when you played Midland now the first time? Because that was only your third game of the season. School hadn't even started. Um, and since then, you guys have had, what, shutouts in like eight of your last nine games. Right. Um, so how, how much different of a team are you now than, than when you played them before? Totally different, I think. Yeah, I think we've kind of found ourselves, and we moved some pieces around, putting like Grant Holfels back in um, right back, and then moving Sipple up to defensive mid, and then I was playing center back, got moved up to forward. So I think we're really comfortable where we all are now, and uh, we have a system that we know works, and we're gonna, you know, go through the whole playoffs executing that system. So, mm-hmm. how much do changes like that affect you guys during the season? When it's like position change, it's kind of it's kind of big because you gotta like relearn everything, and like figure out who's playing around you. That can always change too. There's a lot of things that can happen. Does that kind of mess with chemistry, or do you think that that kind of helps you guys to each know each other's game better by being able to switch around and and play from different angles with each other uh i think it helps chemistry because like there's a lot of a lot of these guys especially a lot of the juniors have been playing together for a really long time and they all play have played different positions and so um i think even though we've switched positions and things like everyone's comfortable pretty much everywhere on the field so yeah. Now, J- James yeah. had uh, earlier in the podcast and described your guys' team as a very unselfish brand of soccer. Seems like you know when you guys are able to find the open foot, it does. It seems to be has been you a lot over the last week or so. Um, but what would you guys describe uh, your team as? It, it, is that an accurate assumption, or how do you uh, kind of describe the way that you guys work on the inside? Uh, I think we're definitely selfless. I I think we um, we had 
players in the past who were a little more selfish, and I think it was almost good that we had those players because we can look at that as an example of what we don't want to be. And like I said earlier in the season, one of our goals was just to play for each other, and um, I think we're a really selfless group of guys. So I think we're more of a family, if you know what I mean. Not really a team. We all know how like everyone plays, what we're going to do when something happens. They're going to react to everything. How different is the are the districts going to be this year, um, being that uh, soccer is the guinea pig for the new seating? Uh, so you guys don't get to start off with Central like you do almost every other right. year in the districts, yeah. and you don't necessarily know until not too long before the districts who exactly you're going to be playing. I think it'll, it's definitely different, but it's not going to mean we're not going to be prepared. You know, mm-hmm. like we're, we're preparing for whoever we play, and we know that whoever we play we have the ability to beat, so... Each and every practice is just going to be getting ready for those playoff games because our goal is to get to that Final Four this year. So Yeah. Wasn't it kind of cool, though, to have a, to kind of know that you were going to play Central a third time? Sometimes. But at the same time, it's like when we know we can take care of them, it's also something about a rivalry that it kind of throws some of the soccer skill out of the, out of the game and it turns into emotion sometimes. We'll be happy to play whoever we Mm-hmm. Now, you guys, I do want to talk a little bit about that Gaylord matchup later in the week. Uh, you guys, that is that is your last conference game, correct? Or do so you have one more this weekend, too? We play Gaylord tomorrow, Okay. and then Alpina at home on Thursday, okay. and then we have Petoskey next Tuesday. Okay, so you still have you still have quite a few uh, in the slate. Like I said, yep. Gaylord being before those other two teams makes it for a chance that if they if they were to beat you guys, you know, they could still come back and, and take the, the crown from you. How much... You know, do you guys put into that? You said that was one of your goals was to be undefeated in conference, but I mean, how much have you guys looked forward to that that Gaylord game in particular, especially because record wise, they're the ones sitting right behind you. Yeah, I think we've looked forward to it a lot. Um, I don't know. We just need. We know we need to go out and take care of business tomorrow, and then the VNC is ours. So that's what we're gonna do. Yeah. How how happy were you guys after Central got them last week? Pretty Gave happy. you guys a little bit of breathing room. Yeah. 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 It was it was pretty cool. I didn't really expect that, but you know. And one of the few happen. times you're you're smiling when the Trojans get the W yeah, over there. You know, okay. yeah. It's always nice when you get some help. How do you describe Gaylord as a team? I mean, I haven't seen him play this year. Um, when I've seen them play in past years, but it was under a different coach. They were always a very physical team. They like like much more so than than most soccer teams. They, yeah. You know, um, is that still the case? I would say so. Yeah, they uh they have tw- I think twelve seniors this year. So, um, a lot of, like, experience, but, um, yeah, they're definitely physical. They're going to push you around, and so you just got to be ready for that. No, I, I remember uh, you guys do have a, a pretty big junior class and, and a, a few underclassmen who are, are pretty big parts of your team. Um, how, how has your guys' roles changed as seniors with, uh, you know, this year's team and how you're able to uh, bring those younger guys along? I think it's just, like, as much as we have to contribute as soccer players, we also have to be mentors for those, those younger players. And also, you know, just like bringing them into the family and uh, treating everyone, you know, the same. No one's worth more than anyone else. And uh, I think it's been helpful, too, to have a lot of juniors on the team because a lot of those guys were on varsity last year, too, so they've got some experience. And, uh, yeah, we have really, even though we only have five seniors, I feel like we have a really experienced squad so now you guys do have that goal of a regional a regional title this year when you guys switch into that playoff mode I mean it'll be about a week from now you know that last game will be a week a week from tomorrow um how much is there a flip switch with the Titans I mean do you guys kind of turn it into a different gear when you get into the playoffs or is it business as usual is it that one game at a time and you just keep on uh, keep on keeping on I think we still go one one game at a time but it's way more intense you know what I mean like in the trainings mm-hmm. everybody's gonna on the money yeah definitely and I think like yeah the atmosphere is just different like coach every year that I've been in the Titan group um he talks about like the three different parts of our season like the preseason the middle of the season when we play most of our conference games and then the postseason so you have to treat each you know part of the season really seriously and obviously going into playoffs you have to be we all have you know, a goal in mind, and so we have to work hard to get there. Oh, and, and I know, uh, you know, just as seniors, it's never a, it's never a fun thing to think about. But how much are you? How much do you think about fighting for you know just another game when you get to that playoff point? How much do you think about you know 
just not letting it end in, in that fashion or whatever fashion you know it may be. What is that mindset like for the seniors? I don't think it'll really start to set in until we hit that playoff point. But like you're, yeah, you're literally fighting to play another game because once that last game's over, then that's it. So, which sounds kind of bittersweet, but I, uh, I like to think that it won't end. Yeah, but... just ho- hopefully it ends with a W. Yeah, uh, there's there's a win on the other end of that. I mean, what about for you? How much do you think? Uh, you know, how much do you think about that type of situation, or is that something that you know really doesn't cross your mind? I think about it pretty much every game. Like, whenever I'm about to get tired and I know I can't run anymore, I just think that this could be the end of my season. So I kind of boost my energy, adrenaline, stuff like that. So you use it You use it on a constant basis, oh, yeah. not just in the playoffs. I mean, every game. they do have that little adage, whatever. Play every, play every play like it's your last, every down like it's your last, every game like it's your last, because you might never know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that doesn't just go on in the playoffs. I guess it does make a lot of sense. Yeah. You never know what can happen. Yeah. You know, so you might as well play every every second like it's your last. So you guys do have all those shutouts in the recent games. What at what point was it that you changed positions and moved to the center? Midway through the Oakmas game, when we were losing. Okay. Like six to nothing. Six zero. Yeah. <laughs> we don't uh, like to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys haven't allowed any more than three goals in a game since then. Um, and you guys, are you taking credit for that? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. That's the entire team. That's you, should take, you should take credit. You should, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, you me and that, now we got all shutouts up the wazoo. Middle of the park for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think he's played a big part in that, though. Kind of easy. He's good up to Kenny. He'll <laughs> score all the goals. We'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I hear all the time whenever I'm at your guys' games uh, that I hear Coach Grishinger yelling all the time, uh, and, and I'll preface this by saying I do not have a soccer background. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know the basics of the game, you know, and I've covered it for, for quite a long time, but I never played myself. So uh, one of the things that he always keeps yelling about is shape. Right. He keeps telling you guys to get back to the shape. Right. What I mean, what is the what does that mean? Just in layman's terms, I guess. It's like a, a formation. So like mm-hmm. you don't want to get like out of your like area, kind of. You know what I mean? So like I play center mid, so I don't want to get like way outside towards like the touchline and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like. I think one of the things that coach was really like adamant about this year is our defensive shape. So when he's yelling shape, like especially on defense, like we have a set like formation that we're supposed to be in when we play defense. And when we are working in that shape, it's really hard for teams to score on us. So, but when we get out of shape, then bad things can happen. So that's like a big thing that he always emphasizes in practice and in games is to keep our shape because that's what, that's what works for us. And if not, it leaves open lanes and, Yep. Places for, uh, or at least you get the ball behind you. I know that he doesn't like when that happens very much. <laughs> well, you've had you scored more than half of your season's goals in the last week. Over half, yeah. <laughs> yep. What do you attribute that to? Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe I ate something funny on Monday night last week that put me in this funk. But I mean, I. Uh, I don't know. Cadillac was kind of crazy. I didn't really expect that coming into the game. And then, um, yeah, I've just been doing everything I can to help our team win. So. I mean, when you get to four goals in a game, after that second one, then after that third one, I mean, how how much are you still hungry for another goal? I mean, even when your team's oh, yeah. up 6-0, wait, what is the mindset? Is it like, feed me the ball, I just need to keep on doing this today? I mean, especially against Cadillac last year when they beat us at their home and ran on the field cheering and everything, like, it felt good to really put them down. And so, um, yeah, even after that fourth goal and coach pulled me out, I, I wanted to go back in and get a couple more. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. That is going to lead us into the Freaky Fast Five, a nod to our sponsor at sponsors at Jimmy John's. Five rapid-fire questions just for our lovely Audible viewers to get to know these guys a little bit better. I always say that these aren't hard questions, but it seems like these might be very hard questions. These might be harder <laughs> than what we've been asking you the whole time. We'll start off with one that I think has to be pretty easy. What terrible movie do you love? It's like the Star Wars ripoff? Spaceballs. Spaceballs? Yeah. Spaceballs. There That's you the go. I, I, Spaceballs is amazing. I'd go with that one too, I, I guess. Yeah. Spaceballs is good, but Spaceballs is also a terrible movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, acting. In, it's intentionally so. Right. That's the point. It's yeah. A, a, yeah, just don't get your sports twisted. All right. Yeah. <laughs> all right, if you're about to get into a fight, what song comes on as your soundtrack? Welcome to the jungle. Eye of the Tiger. Okay. <laughs> You're pretty quick on that one. Yeah, that was a good one. 
I mean, people always tell me that the soccer players and football players have different are different athletes. You know, right. usually different builds and everything like that. Who's somebody in the Big North Conference that you're like? Why are you not playing football? Anyone on Gaylord? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah true. Uh, they've got some big kids. Um, Finn? No. Probably. I mean, yeah. The Midland center back. Midland center back this weekend. He had kid. a. I mean, he's not in the BNC, but he. Uh, I think he was like number twenty. Number twenty-two. Two. He was probably like six three, six four, big dude. Like yeah. Two hundred twenty pounds. Size, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I figured you'd say like Holman. Right? Oh, oh very true. I didn't think about that. Nate, Nate's a, a big dude, too. Yeah. I don't know if he's really built for football, though. He, he, I don't know. I don't know. He's, he's, he's nice for football. Yeah? He's, he's actually nice. really okay. nice. He's built for football, but he might not be okay. for football. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I'm like, every time I see that kid play football, I'm like, why are you not playing it to, like, tight end right. or defensive yeah. end or something I mean, football? he's fast, too, so. He yeah. does move pretty well for, for, for his size. Yeah. yeah. All right. What would be the worst buy one get one free sale of all time? Like a, like a microwave? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you don't need two microwaves. <laughs> why, why, right? why would you ever need a second microwave? That's a good one. Yeah, you really don't yeah, need a second. Unless you have like a really big house. Yeah, unless you have three, yeah, four something. kitchens. Yeah. Even then, you probably still don't need two microwaves. If you got that big of a house, yeah, you're probably not microwaving stuff. I don't know, like a toilet plunger. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> no, I just have two plungers. Right, that oh. works. Who has the best hair on the team? Grant Hoffles. Grant's is pretty funny. We call him the samurai because he likes to like put it back and it's all flowy. I mean, Finn's is pretty fun too when he grows it out and turns into a big fro. But yeah, he didn't. All right, well then, who's got, who's got the best nickname on the team? I, Brock? Yeah, so Colin Blackport. Um, we call him Brock. Okay. No particular reason, really. <laughs> uh, Completely different name. Assistant <laughs> coach Drew Nichols just kind of saw him freshman year and was like that kid looks like a Brock and so we just started calling him that um, for a while and so like yeah we I don't think I've is this is this just Colin. is this just on the soccer field or is this like all the time his name is Brock now I mean all the time for the soccer players okay not really for everyone else but like yeah I mean I don't think I've called him Colin since we came up with that nickname so okay. it's pretty so funny. maybe if we maybe if we're out there we go to talk to Colin we're like what's going on Brock so, yeah so I if mean, you're like in the hallway, you just call him, to that. So if you just call him in, yeah, you call him Brock, and he yeah, turns oh, his yeah, head for sure. Like, oh, yeah. what's up, and all of his other friends are like, "Who are you talking Who are you to?" Ta- yeah, definitely. It's right. pretty funny. All right, well, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us uh, in the Get Around Studio for uh, Caleb Kinney, Caleb Sipple uh, from Traverse City West. Good luck the rest of the season against Gaylord, Alpina, Petoskey, and then obviously going into the district playoffs here in just about a week. Yeah, thank you so much. Get Around wants to extend another big thank you to the Calebs, Caleb Kinney and Caleb Sipple from Traverse City West for joining us in the Get Around studio to chat. That interview brought to you by Jimmy John's. With two locations in Traverse City, Jimmy John's spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's, freak yeah. That's going to move us into our game of the week. We are going to play Following the Trends and talk about a few different teams in the area uh, as the playoffs approach, as we talked about at the start of the show. We're going to go through some teams quickly and tell you if we think where they are trending up or down at this crucial point in the season and uh, exactly what to expect from them on the way down. So, fellas, I'm going to drop these off to you, and you tell me up or down. You ready? Drop away. We're going to start off first. Both of you guys were at this game last week. Charlevoix taking down Frankfurt with a good second-half performance, obviously moving to 4-1 and one on the season at this point. Trending up or down for the rest of the season? We know they have a little bit of a rough schedule to keep going with. Do you think that uh, you know they keep this mojo rocking? Well, they're certainly looking uh, better than they have in the last couple of years by a long shot. I mean, they're they're four and one. That's as many wins as they've had in the last two years combined. Uh, they looked pretty good last night get, or on Friday night against uh, Frankfurt, and uh, you know that the weather in the first half was just atrocious. Then in the second half, when things kind of dried out a little bit. It wasn't quite as rainy. Charlevoix pretty much took off from there. And, uh, you know, Cole Wright's a really good dual-threat quarterback for them. They've got a couple good running backs, Alan Ritter. And, uh, you know, they got, they got some pretty good play up front, too, in the lines and, and on defense. They came up with four picks in that game. So, you know, those are some back-breaking turnover type of uh, plays that can that seal a game for you. So, trending up? Definitely. 
They are trending up, and they are going to know exactly who they are in the next few weeks here. I know they've got Johannesburg Lewiston at home on Friday, and they're in their home a ranked team in Division 8. I've seen them a couple times, so that'll be a good... Yeah, Johannesburg Lewiston is, I think, number 6, or ranked number 6 in Division 8 right now. and then they They're undefeated, and then they've got another undefeated team after that in Glen Lake. Yeah, that's what I mean, is their so, schedule gets tough. Yeah, they're playing a combined teams with 10-0 record here in the next few weeks. So that obviously trending up for sure because you like seeing those wins and they've got a very good shot at getting back to the playoffs. Uh, but those the next two games are going to teach them a lot about who they are and where they maybe still have to go in some places, which is a good thing in the long run. You want to you know find out what you're doing wrong and how you can tweak it and make better and compete with the best in the area. And right now that's who Joe Berg and Glenn Lake are. So uh, next team, guys, Traverse City, St. Francis Tennis. They're looking down the barrel with another another matchup with Traverse City West Tennis coming this week. Uh, we know, I believe they finished second in the state last year. Are they trending to that same area this year? They pretty much have gotten to that same area for the last five or six years, it seems like. They're like Every year they're getting like two, three, maybe four. Four is a bad season in the state finals for them the last half dozen years or so. Um, so they are they are without longtime coach Paul Vandrowski though. Yeah, um, but you know, but they, they you know Paul play. though he probably lingers around practice every once in a while. He does have his name on the uh, yeah. on the tennis courts there. You know, so they get that program established. Um, they seem to be taking up right where they left off. Um, I, I see them getting right back the to this to where they were and you know being in that two three range and seeing if they can get over that hump and get to number one. Yeah, I mean it's it's they they're kind of. Of all these teams, they're probably the hardest one to determine. You know, to give it a you don't you're not giving them a down ranking, but it, it's hard to say they're necessarily moving up compared to the years past. But they're they're definitely right where they want to be, and that's always having a chance. So, so we're gonna take the, the even keel from Harrison on that one. Yep, split. No which, up or down, which is good because a lot of times when you have these programs that have you know been really good for years like this, and they have a coaching change like this, a lot of times there is a little nosedive after that, um, and there hasn't been. So I think staying the same course is, is hey, pretty good. Next team on the docket. We're going to go back to soccer for a second. Got a couple teams to ask you guys about. Glen Lake soccer. It seems like they have what it takes every once in a while to take out some of these really good teams in, in a Buckley or, or Elk Rapids, something along those lines. But then there's times where they just look like they get outclassed. What do you, I believe the record right now is 7-4-3, and three. Uh, so kind of middling there. What do you guys think about Glen Lake soccer program? I've seen their two games against Leland this year, and obviously they're making strides for improving because the first game was an eight nothing shutout. I think last week was, you know, you don't want to say just five to nothing because that's obviously not a loss you want on your record either. But to show that you know the defense is already avoiding the game ending because of an eight goal max, then you're already locking in. And they they just seemed like, and maybe it was because they were playing on their home turf at night under the lights at, at the stadium there at Glen Lake, but uh, they seem a little more locked in on who they were playing and the purpose for playing. So I'd like to think they're trending upwards, even if they're not getting the results they want in the games yet. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're getting better and better and better, which is what you can, all you can ask for kind of in a, in a program like that where in the fall it's football and it's not a soccer school traditionally. So Jared Boynton had his work cut out for him when he took that program over. Um, and they've continued to get better and better and better every year, and you know eventually they're going to get over that hump and be one of those teams that we're talking about competing for district and regional titles. Um, I, you know, I don't know that they're right there yet. I don't think they're, they're working towards that. I don't think they're that far off. They have a lot of really young talent on that Glen Lake they, team. I they mean, do. We talked about Henry Plumstead last year, and he hasn't changed his game whatsoever. I mean, I I do look for him to be one of the top goal scorers over the next two years in the area. Um, like I said, they have youth. I don't think it's that far off this season. I don't. I don't know that they will reach, you know, any type of surprise goals. I mean, I, I'll put them on the downtrend for this season, but an uptrend as a program as a whole. All right, we got one more to talk about. I don't know that we've actually given them too much time on the get around so far this year, but they have beat just about anybody that they want to go up against. And we're talking about Cadillac volleyball, having Macy Brown, McKenna Bryant, uh, some of those. Steady, steady playmakers who you know they've had for the last couple of years in, in many actual sports, but uh, you know, McKenna Bryant always you know playing defensively really well in the back end. Macy Brown has been a force at the net for them. Uh, we've seen them take down Traverse City West. We've seen them take down Central. We've seen them take down uh, schools to the likes of Leland's and and I mean we know what that matchup at the end of the season with Kingsley means and then what that's been like. But we're heading towards the playoffs with Cadillac Volleyball. Do we see them? 
getting all the way back to where they have over the last four, I think it's almost four consecutive years in that regional title match. Yeah, they, last year was just the one was spoiled by Kingsley coming up and, and beating them for the first time in the playoffs ever. I think if I had to take a bet, I, you know, I would say that they might get Kingsley again this year. I mean, uh, they've got... They would especially, I would say, if Brooke Kohani had come back out for the team, but her not coming out um, cost them a, a, a nice big middle blocker there in the middle for them. You know, but like you said, they got Macy Brown, they've got Renee Brines, Chloe Comstock. They've got a lot of good players that got a lot of good experience last year, and they remember losing to Kingsley for the first time in the playoffs, so you know they're going to have that motivation behind them. Maybe an extra chip on their shoulder. So I don't know if I would say up because they're gonna, I think they're going to be right back to where they were. So I mean, I guess it would be up because they it would be technically down. Last year would have been the down the downswing if they yeah. get past them. Yeah, even though they, even though they were a pretty good, they were still a pretty good team last year. Oh yeah, they're they're kind of like St. Francis tennis for me. Is that they're they're always going to be in the mix. The question is, is this the right mix of players to get them? I mean, I've seen them down at Battle Creek twice in my six years in the sports department. So that's a third of my time working here. I've seen Cadillac down in the Final Four. So those team. Michelle Bryans is the head coach. She knows what she's doing. She's been there a long time. Um, and I saw them play TC West last week. That's always a good gauge for the Big North Conference. And I only caught the first game because then I had to run over to soccer. But it just seemed like Cadillac had West where they wanted. They kind of let the Titans come back into it a little at the end of that first game. But at the end of the day, it just looked like Cadillac was a notch above them. And I can see that translating very well in the postseason. So I'm, I'm going to say this group is going to take what happened to Kingsley last year and, and use that to their advantage. And I'm going to say they're on the upswing from a year ago for sure as far as motivation is concerned. October is sure to be a, a fun month. Spooky month. Yeah, we're going to see a lot of stuff shake out. Uh, all of these teams are going to be entering the playoffs in, in the next calendar month and uh, kind of we'll be able to see who's the best. Anyways, that's going to bring us to our guest favorite part of the show, where we can get you fed. Remember, all you got to do is share, like, comment. Shoot us a gif, ask us a question, do something to let us know that you're one of our loyal, audible viewers, somebody who listens to this podcast and wants the best for us just as we want the best for you. This week's winner... We always want the best for you. Yes, this week's winner is Traverse City's Crystal Campbell. She went ahead and interacted with our podcast last week with Aiden Mullen and Tyler Inthezone from Kingsley on there. So if you haven't given that a listen, go ahead and take a look back at episode number 94 of The Get Around. That was a great interview. But, Crystal, thank you so much for interacting with us, and we will get those out to you. But remember, you, can, you too can have a dinner on Jimmy John's, a dinner on the get-around. Just, if you play your cards right. Yeah, just share us, like us, retweet us, comment on us. Talk about us with your friends. Yeah, but we do have one more segment before we get into the trifecta, and that will be the get-around Hall of Fame, the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. We are ready to nominate three more athletes to try and join the club. I will... Defer over to our guest in Harrison Beebe first. Who would you like to put up for the Hall of Fame this week? Let's go to Sutton's Bay. Uh, they got a big week with Gaylord St. Mary coming to town on Saturday. Anyways, uh, Lucas Mike sell week in and week out. He's selling big for the Norseman offense and uh, getting touchdowns. Six touchdowns this week. Five on the ground, 89 yards, I believe, which, you know, the yards obviously don't jump out of you compared to some of these other performances, but... Whenever you get six touchdowns on a night because he added a punt return, I mean, they were playing a 3-1 Brethren team, so that wasn't actually an 0-4 pushover eight-man program. I mean, a Brethren team that's in, in line to win a West Michigan conference down the road, it's just Sutton's Bay's probably in a little bit better of a conference at the moment, and, and Mike Sell took full advantage of that. Yeah, yeah I mean, he, but we would have had a lot more yards if the uh, end zone had stopped him six times. Yeah, yeah. I think the game was even called before the... the third quarter. Uh, yeah. No, the game, the game was called at the end of the third quarter. I mean, he had outscored the entire Brethren team at that point. So he was on pace for eight touchdowns, see? Yeah, two per quarter. What's next, James? Who you got? Uh, I'm going to put up Seth Migda from Charlevoix. So this is going to be kind of a first for the, uh, the Hall of Fame nomination in that he did not play a game this week. No athletic activity. No athletic activity, really. But that explained. He, but he saved someone's life at a football game. I'm sure some of our audible viewers, if not all of them, have seen the column that James uh, wrote this weekend about the instance that happened at the Frankfurt and Charlevoix game. He uh, helped a girl who was having a seizure. and uh, A girl from Frankfurt, yeah. Basically uh, escorted the process into her being helped by medical professionals and making sure that she was not alone, was safe, and was uh, taken care of, so big props to Seth on that one. And like you said, maybe a first uh, 
where you did not need to show up on the field to make it into the Hall of Fame. Well, he was on the field. He was on the field. He was, he was, he was filming. He wasn't in the game. He was, yeah, he was in uniform. He was on the sidelines at the very least. number 71 on him. Retire that year. this 11-year-old girl up and one hauled her over to the, uh, to the medical tent. That's good. Get her some, uh, That's good. I'm going to put up our one of our guests from this week, Traverse City West senior, Caleb Kinney, the soccer player who we spoke to earlier, had eight goals last week in three games. He had four goals against Cadillac, two goals against Traverse City Central, which were the only two goals that the Titans scored, so helped them over their, over their rival and Big North Conference foe, and then over the weekend had two goals at Midland. But eight goals for Caleb Kinney last week, obviously a, a pretty good one for him. But boys, let's put it up to a vote. Who wants to go first? I'll go first, since you guys are looking at me. Um, <laughs> another tough week. I mean, really, this is hard to, you know, for multiple reasons, this is tough to really cast your best vote possible. But, uh, you know, it, you just, every once in a while, it's it's about bigger, bigger than being part of the sport or in the sport, and that's, I think, what Seth demonstrated Friday night. So let's go ahead and throw Seth Make to the vote for the uh, Get Around Hall of Fame for sure. You said it very eloquently. I think that's a pretty good way to go. Yeah, that's a very eloquent way to put it. It is. I stumbled it is, a little. Yeah, bit it, it is sometimes bigger than you know sports. It is sometimes bigger than the statistics that you put on the field. It is bigger than just you know two teams facing off in bigger a big battle. Stats. You know, and I mean we're talking about a Charlotte kid helping out a Frankfurt girl. I mean that, those are the type of things that cross boundaries that nobody you know uh, that that need that knee type of reaction just to help is definitely worthy in my book. I will uh, I will give my vote to Seth times hundred. Yeah, and the Gibson family definitely is uh, very, very, very appreciative of <laughs> of what Seth did. His mom posted a big long thing on on Facebook about it. So I think this oh. marks a unique moment. I don't think you guys were here for the other time. I think it was Brendan and Brett and myself. But Charlevoix now is the only school to have two unique Hall of Fame introductions. We inducted the whole girls basketball team one week when they came back from like thirteen down in a minute and a half to beat St. Francis. So the girls basketball team as a whole, and now Seth Migda for uh, off-the-field heroics have uh, earned spots in the hall. So you don't need to pile on the stats. Yeah. You just got to do something really unique in the sporting world. You just need to be a good person. Mm-hmm. That's good. To, but get, to get in the club. It's, it's almost like I don't want to say congratulations to Seth. <laughs> you know, congratulations Attaboy. on making it into the into the Get Around Hall of Fame. You obviously got a good head on your shoulders and a good heart in your chest. So now we have one more segment left in our beautiful 95th episode, and that is the trifecta. As I mentioned at the top of the show, California governor has signed into effect the Fair Play Act in the state of California, meaning that college athletes who attend school in the state of California are now going to be allowed to make money off of their name and likeness via endorsements and uh, things of the like. Not so much getting paid to play, but obviously outside of their actual play on the field, they are now allowed to make some money. This obviously brings up a lot of questions about amateurism, uh, what it means for the NCAA, uh, what it means for just schools in California and the rest of it, and the rest of the NCAA, and what type of precedence it sets. But I want to ask you guys, what do you guys think that this type of decision is going to do to the rest of the college sports landscape? Is this going to be a domino fall? Do we think that this is going to be uh, something that kind of falls on its face, and you know maybe the NCAA starts to ostracize those schools in California? not really let them be in championships or anything like that because these That's kids are That's what they've already said they're going to do. Yeah, I mean, what, what type of dominoes... It's football, they don't have to worry about it anyways. But what type of dominoes are, are we looking to fall after this type of decision? Well, this is going to take a while because what they said, 2023 is when this is supposed to go into effect. So that's another four years um, for that season or for, the, for that specific fall or whatever they're referring to. So it's going to be a while and there's going to be a lot of rebuttals from the NCAA to get this to not happen so is it on the track to happen yes is it going to happen i'm not so sure because obviously for all the reasons you just mentioned this throws a monkey wrench into the way the entire collegiate sports scene is run and that's a big money maker for the ncaa it could potentially be a big money maker for college athletes but then yeah how does one state separating itself from the rest of the states really match up with this I, I don't see everybody all in one, just because California goes, I don't see the other 49 states suddenly leaning, well, well, California did it, so I guess we'll do it too, you know, like they have their reasons to want to do it, but they also have their reasons to stay in check and stay in the lane they're in, and I don't see how the, it's obviously, if the end game, wait out, maybe not 2023, maybe 2033 or 43 is to get all these kids 
compensated appropriately, which is, I guess, a whole other argument because I could share my opinion on that, that I think uh, college education for free is a great way to reward a kid who's playing for your school. But if the end game is to get those kids eventually paid for what uh, people think they deserve, then I guess this starts paving the way for that in the future, even if it's not in 2023 in every state. I think the biggest issue is that the NCAA is the one who, their fight, like, they didn't institute this. You know, if I feel like if the NCAA was able to get out ahead of it, then they would have, you know, kind of laid the groundwork for this before. But I don't think they wanted to get ahead no, of it. No, I know, but no, I'm just saying. No, they've but, had plenty of opportunity, and they haven't. Yeah, and they but, wouldn't on their own. But that's, that's why I feel like this could be a big mess, is because... Oh, I think it's guaranteed. Oh, yeah. it's, going, it's, going, it's going to court. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a big the mess. NCAA's going to challenge this. It's going to be drug out in court. I don't know that the court will be done with it by 2023. They won't. No, this is something that lasts for years, and it's... It's kind of one of those, like, is it worth that much time and money to invest in arguing this? I mean, I mean like, look how long it took the Ed O'Bannon suit to get settled. That lawsuit took a decade to get decided. And that's this, just This isn't going to get done in four years. But regardless of how long it is, do you guys think that this is the first domino in the, the chain of college athletes getting paid? Or do you think that this is another, just another moment in time where the NCAA is going to be able to get kind of get rid of this and and make it all their own again well this is another domino and i and i i mean the first domino was allowing the stipends on top of uh on top of a full ride scholarship and then you've got this if this goes into play now you've got two dominoes going down and it's hard to stop that after that um i don't have a problem with athletes cashing in on their likeness if they're famous enough to be able to get a you know to be able to do an ad for a local car dealership or have their name up on a billboard selling something or sell some Jimmy Johns. I just I just don't have a have a problem with that. I don't know I don't know what can of worms the NCA is worried about. Yeah, we're letting kids do that, make some money. I think it's fine uh, outside the school, but I think a lot of the big issue revolves around the schools actually paying them. Once once this all gets introduced, it will start to make the the power divide in these big schools even more. I feel like uh, you know when you. When you get a chance, I mean, even as far as people going from UCLA or you know a subsidiary school in California, when when you're in that bigger when you're in that bigger realm, you're gonna be, have more eyes and be able to make more money. There's gonna be a lot of questions, a lot of arguments that are brought up over the next few months, next few years, as you guys mentioned. Like like you said, I don't have an issue whatsoever with people being able to get paid from outside, from them being able to use their name and likeness. I'm almost on the same boat with Harrison. You know, I, I know how much a college education costs. I know, um, yeah. I, I still agree that I think that it is a very good pay, pay, yeah, pay for play type of deal. I mean, with with how yeah. many people in America are dealing with student loans and everything like that, you know that it is it makes that much of a difference. They're not only getting the education, they're also getting the education around their schedule of the sport, too. No, that's one of my least favorite arguments is people who say that getting a scholarship isn't worth anything. And I'm like, no. Uh, did you yeah. go to college? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, getting your college paid for is worth a, a big college, worth especially. Yeah. It's worth a lot more than a lot of people would think about it, especially if, I mean, no matter, no matter where you go, and especially if we're talking about kids who are going from out-of-state schools, man, I... That, that's a, yeah, that's a that's a fifty thousand dollar a year bill if you're from Michigan and you're going to the University of Alabama. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or California. What, yeah, even if you're going out there, I mean, you're still going to be paying even if you get a video money. game out in California. But yeah, be, so be Ed O'Bannon. So what it what you it too sounds could like? Be Ed O'Bannon. What it sounds like is that we all kind of agree that this is going to open a big can of, can of worms, and uh, this is definitely not the end of what's, I what's I just going don't on. see it ending well. It's a great try by the California governor, but it never hurts to throw it out there and strike the first match, but can't see this creating a wildfire that goes where those athletes want it to go. This bill also does allow them to hire agents while they're in college. Which costs and re- money. And retain their amateur status. Yeah, which costs money. But essentially, I mean, high school high school athletes are the last amateurs. Yeah. Once you get past high school, you're not an amateur anymore. Yeah, if you're playing, I, if you're playing college at pretty much any level and getting any kind of financial aid, you're probably you're basically you're getting paid to play. Are you technically an amateur anymore? Not you're just not getting handed cash. Yeah, you're just not getting handed money you can spend freely. Maybe you get the occasional twenty dollar handshake. Yeah, but that's about it. One thing's for certain: this isn't an amateur podcast. This is a professional podcast. And on that note, we're gonna leave you guys with episode ninety-five. 
with the group of professionals I have here for James Cook, for Harrison Beebe. I've, I've been and am Jake Adnip. Can I get your autograph, Jake? Yeah, see, it's $10, ten per. $10? We'll leave that. Just, just, take, the, just take the table. Yeah, yeah, or, or the board. We, this would, this board up That's there, worth money. This yeah. board would be worth a lot of money if they were all able to get some information. <laughs> That's not an amateur board. That's not an amateur board, but thank you so much for listening to episode number 95 of The Get Around. Make sure to share, but we will see you next week.